works there. <laughs> uh, last week, the only way to the mountaintop, we want these mountaintop experiences, but the only way to the mountaintop is through the, through the what? Through the valleys, okay? We go through the valley of the shadow of death, and uh, those are necessary in our lives. And God brings those things. They're ordained by the Holy Spirit as He leads us. And we had we talked about God's rod and His staff in relationship with His sheep and how the rod is uh, comfort to us. His rod and His staff both comfort us. But His rod is God's what? There were two things. God's The rod is God's Word and the staff is God's Spirit. And... Uh, He uses those things together to work in our lives. So this week we're picking up here. He's speaking to the Lord the first half of Psalm 23. He's been, in a sense, kind of shouting over the fence at the other sheep saying, Have you seen my God? My shepherd, the way He takes care of me, the way He leads me. But now He's speaking intimately, personally to Father God uh, Himself and talking to His shepherd and saying that you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Uh, I didn't know if you knew that God was in the catering business, but He is. He does. He prepares a feast for us in the presence of our enemies, right in the face of what it is that we're going through. The United States has some of the finest high country pasture lands in the world. And uh, they're commonly known as a mesa. And that's Spanish for what? In Espanol, that is what? Jared? Judah? Table, that's right. Table. And so, in uh, parts of Africa, the same word is used, mesa, to describe these grasslands that shepherds would lead their sheep into to feed. And so, before shepherds could lead their sheep into these pasture lands, they have to go and they have to prepare the table. Prepare the feeding grounds. Here in this season, we're going into more of the summertime that's being described here by David, the psalmist. And uh, But he has to go and prepare because there's dangerous weeds that are there. There's dangerous predators. So there's poisonous weeds that could actually, if the sheep were to eat these weeds, they're so toxic that they would be dead in a matter of hours. Unbelievable. Um, something like that. Especially the little lambs. The little lambs are particularly very curious about things and they look for those things and um, the lambs are susceptible because uh, they tend to lack wisdom, right? When we think about it when we're young, we're zealous for different things, but we're really curious about the things that we see, the things that we feel, the things that we touch, the things that we hear. But we can get pulled into something that can be very toxic for us. And in the book of Proverbs, I love this because what an incredible uh, declaration here that is given to us. This is by Solomon. It's Proverbs chapter 1. And it says, the purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline. To help them understand wisdom. 
Though through these proverbs people will receive instruction in discipline, good conduct, doing what is right, just and fair. These proverbs, these proverbs will make the simple-minded clever. They will give knowledge and purpose to young people. Those who listen will become wise. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Only fools despise wisdom and discipline. I love that. Well, Jesus has already faced anything that we're going to go through. Yes, perfect. All the rest of Jesus is already faced it. In Hebrews chapter 4, says, Therefore, since we, have had, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all the things that we are. Think about all the things that you've been tempted in. He has been tempted in all of those things. And yet, it says, He did it without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Holy Spirit, without you, we can't receive your word, we can't understand your word, but give us understanding. Just lighten this stuff up for us so that it will be application to our lives, but life to our hearts. So our high priest, Jesus, has faced every temptation that we ever have and ever will experience. He has defeated the enemy of mankind. He has defeated him at the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus defeated this enemy. Amen. Peter, do you remember the temptation that he faced in Luke 22? If you guys want a copy of this, we can give you a copy here. If you want to raise your hand, we can give you one. It's got all the scriptures on it. But Jesus says to Peter, the poster boy of the movement of Christianity, he says here, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you. How many want to be pleaded in prayer on, on behalf of by God? That's right. Amen. Prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Wow, did you notice that? Jesus didn't rescue him from what he was going to go through, the valleys that he was going to go through. It's like, you're going to go through some serious stuff. But as we talked about last week, the valleys are necessary, and he is the God who gets us through. We do not say the valleys. Though it may feel like it sometimes, He doesn't keep us there. He brings us through. Just because we follow Jesus does not mean that things are just going to be rosy. That's true in this country. That's true in Africa. Wherever you go, you follow Jesus. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean that Jesus, the one who has faced it all, is with us and will never leave us. Also in 1 Corinthians 10, 12-13, says, If you think you're standing strong, be careful. Careful, Isaiah. For you too may fall into the same sin, but remember that the temptations that come into your life 
are no different than the ones that others experience. How cool is that? We are not alone. And God is faithful. He says He will keep the temptations from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you will not give into it. Does that just not blow the doors off of victimization that is so prevalent in our society today? Oh, I can't help it. I'm just a victim of the thing. No. He says that He will not give us anything that we're not able to bear up under and to have victory in and through. Okay? We are not a victim. We have Jesus, our high priest. But the enemy's strategy, of course, is to make you think that you are the only one. You're not the only one. Word of God tells us very clearly the things that come into your life are no different from what others experience. That is why this family of God is so important. Not only do we know that our high priest has gone through everything and will go through everything, and that we can turn to him no matter what we're facing, as well as we know that there isn't anything that we're going to go through that somebody else hasn't gone through, and that God has placed us in a company and a people where we can gain encouragement and comfort no matter what it is that we're going through. You are not alone, and you're not the only one. Don't believe that lie when it comes. Don't believe that lie. The power of God is unbelievable. You guys, Psalm 119, 110. The wicked have set their traps for me along your path. What? He's talking to God. So the enemy has set traps for me along God's path that he's laid out for my life. That's not fair. Listen to this, but I will not turn from your commandments. I will not turn from your commandments. Psalm 119, 130. As your words are taught, they give light. Even the simple can understand them. I open my mouth, painting expectantly, longing for your commands. Guide me step by step by your words, so I will not be overcome by evil. So I will not be overcome by evil. Matthew chapter 4. How did Jesus fight temptation? Do you remember? He gets led into the wilderness, into the desert by the devil. Remember that? I heard a note. Good. Somebody knows their Bible. Matthew chapter 4. It says that the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Now, what kind of a Holy Spirit would go and do something like that to somebody? Lead him right out there into the desert where the devil going head to head. You see, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Spirit of God never left him. And combined with the Word of God, the power of the Word of God, here these temptations come from the devil to Jesus for power and glory and wealth and all these worldly accolades that the devil promised to him if he would just bow down and call you know angels and do all these different things. Jump through all these hoops, Jesus, and I'll promise to give you all of these wonderful things. And Jesus quotes three times from the book of Deuteronomy. God's word is stalwart. It does not 
It does not back down. It is the power of God for salvation. Satan is described as a roaring what? That's right, lion. That's right, Jacob. Jacob, you, you need good job. Do you guys hear that from the back seats there? Yeah. Here you go, man. Come on up here and get this. <laughs> That's right, he's a roaring lion who seeks to devour. In 1 Peter 5, Peter, who got devoured, right? Says, Jesus told him, says, right after that, where he talks about Satan's about to sift y'all like wheat. That's not a fun party right there. At least he told him up front what was going to happen. So he's prepared. Then right after that, you know, Peter says, I'll, I'll, go to the, I'll go to the map for you. I'll go to prison. I'll give my life for you. And Jesus said, listen, right after this, you're about to deny me three times that you even know me. That's not a very good start. But here's Peter coming back around after receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. And he says, stay alert. I speak from experience. You can kind of put that in parentheses right there. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. What are the keys here? To walk closely with Jesus and closely with God's family. We desperately need God. And you know what? I'll say for myself, I desperately need you all. Amen. Brothers and sisters, walking together, encouraging one another, knowing that the things that I'm going through, the things that I'm facing, I know Dave's going through them. Moses is going through them. Bruce, you've got to be going through them. When we get together as men in particular, I love it because there's this sense of, you know what? Everybody's going through whatever they're going through, but we get to go through it together. We get to go through it together. I love watching animal shows. Lions and cheetahs and out there on the Sahara and different places, or not the Sahara, Serengeti, I think it is. Um, you know, the lions are waiting in the bushes. And what are the what happens? Who are the ones, kids, I need you to help me with this. Who are the ones that the lions look for? What's that? The kids? Yeah, they're looking for the little, the young ones, aren't they? Yeah, the little antelope and different ones. Man, he is tracking with me. Yeah. And uh, they're looking for the ones who, they're picking different ones out of the crowd who are lagging behind who have wandered away. They may have seen something really yummy over here. And they start nibbling over here and everybody's moved on. But they get left behind. Older and weak and sick. We can never let people get left behind. We can't let people get left behind. But it's those who get isolated. Who isolate themselves. 
They think they've got a better idea, a better plan than what God has for their life. They get an attitude of, I got this. I've got this. If I had time, I'd read you this story in my most recent um, Field and Stream. And it says, How to Survive. True stories of outdoorsmen in the woods and this guy who survives a, a bear attack. But he was alone out in the woods. Actually, he had a, two friends with him, and one of his friends saw the bear but didn't have anything to defend himself, and he climbed up a tree and left his buddy to get mauled. The other one who had the gun, who could have done something about it, was off so far in the distance that he couldn't be called on. So we draw these parallels from stories like this to help us see that we can't make it on our own. Amen. We do serve a, a decent adversary who doesn't play or fight fair. He's been around for thousands of years, however long that would be. He knows all the tricks. He's been studying humans for millennia. He knows all of our weaknesses. And then the Bible goes and describes us as sheep who are so stupid they can't defend themselves to save their lives. They're susceptible to all kinds of diseases and weaknesses and all the rest. How are we supposed to make it without the Good Shepherd? That's why there's this condition that we place on and we say, If the Lord is my shepherd, then all of these other things will be added unto me. I will receive the care and the things that He has for me. So, we stay near the shepherd Jesus, our high priest, he understands our weaknesses. Next part of the verse here. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. What's the purpose of oil? What is the purpose of oil? Why would a shepherd do this to sheep? Why would he anoint them with oil? Let's get into this a little bit. First things, three main reasons. One, flies, two, scabs, and three, bug heads. I'm serious. You'll understand in a minute. So, this is kind of the PG version of the show right now, portion of the show, um, for pastor graphic. Okay, just giving you a little warning, but some of this. Number one, flies. Sheep, uh, one one, uh, particular shepherd describes the summer season for the sheep as fly time. Fly time. Then droves, they come and just, yeah, I mean, you've seen cows and other types of livestock where the, the, the flies just come and they just infest in droves. That's disgusting. Well, there's this one particular one called a nose fly. They're the worst. And what they do is they come and they fly into, they hover all around the head of the sheep, and then they get into their nose. And they begin to lay their eggs in the mucous membrane. And then they begin to go up into the nasal, through the nasal cavity, up into their skull cavity. And they plant their eggs in there. And these things grow warm larvae. Worm larvae. Sorry, not warm. It may be warm, but worm larvae. I warned you, it's PG, okay? Yeah, talk about a sinus infection. Yeah, big time. And... Um, but this is causes intense irritation. Can you, you can only imagine what that would be like to get that um, to have that happen. Inflammation and eventually, if left untreated, cause blindness, 
But um, have you ever seen a sheep just kind of knocking its head, banging its head against a tree or a rock or anything like that? Well, that's part of what happens is these things drive them so crazy and they can't get these things out of their heads. And so they just begin banging their heads against anything to try and get some reprieve from this irritation that's coming. Wow. Sounds a little bit like life, doesn't it? Wow. It does. Praise God we have a good shepherd who loves us and knows how to take care of us. What produces this type of behavior in us? Uh, Sheep have even been known to actually kill themselves because it drives them so crazy. Literally beating their head until they die. When we see the flies, the things of life, um, the sheep actually begin to run in fear and panic. It's like, oh no, it's happening again when they see the flies start to come. And our experience tells us that the things that we have gone through are going to haunt us. They're going to continue to cycle in our lives and we're not going to be able to get away from these things, from our past, from our history. But God, but God, but God. They will toss their head up and down for hours. They will refuse to eat. They lose weight. They will stop milking their young. And the young will stop growing. Wow. The effect that these menacing flies have on them. Second thing is scabs. A little different than what you might think. It's actually a microscopic parasite. It's not like a scab like you, you know, get a, get a, scratch, a scratch or something like that and then a scab grows over but there's a highly irritating and contagious disease that is really common among sheep, but it's passed through direct contact. One of the things that sheep love to do is they, you've probably seen them do this before, they love to rub their heads together. So they'll come up to another sheep, just like this, no, I'm not going to do that. And uh, but they, they just rub their heads together, and when they do this, they inspect the other one, not knowing what they're doing. In the Old Testament, the sacrificial lamb, the lamb without blemish, that was a sheep without scabs. Without scab, not scabs. But without scab. Couldn't have that. It represented sin. It represented evil. It represented contamination. There's a similar parallel. We easily contaminate one another, don't we? Our anger is contamination. Our unbelief, our doubt, our fear... It goes like wildfire through a camp, through a family, through a community. Or we pollute one another with what we have filled with our minds. Through media, we defraud one another with unholy relationships. We're assaulted by the things that we have in our thoughts in terms of media. It's amazing that never before in history have we had more mental illness. Never before in history have we had more um, psychological disorders, suicide, depression, confusion. So the world declares that we are the answer, the option, and the source for all your self-help needs. But the Good Shepherd, he says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the life. What is this thing about buttheads? Well, if you've seen sheep before, particularly this happens in rut season, 
but um, they like to square off butting heads. We were talking about before how the sheep, they're like chickens, and the chickens have a pecking order. Well, there's a butting order as well among sheep, and they're about controlling other ones. It's usually this, this older you, um, E-W-E, the female, who will um, try and lord it over all the other ones, control them, keep them under her, um, her control there, but... Um, They can play this way, but they also will become very serious. So a shepherd will use any type of grease during this, when sheep are doing this type of thing. Axle grease, whatever, and just grease their heads down. And so when they butt one another, they glance off and they're not able to do damage to one another. That'd make a serious hair product, wouldn't it? So if you're butting heads with other people, if you're treating other people that way, what does that make you? You're a butthead. You're a butthead. Stop it. Tell somebody to stop being butthead. You'd think it would be different amongst God's people and God's family, but unfortunately it's not. We do a lot of damage to one another. The things that we allow to irritate us, annoy us about one another, things that we do that people make a big deal of that are not big deals at all. But we also do things that are very, very hurtful in a lot of different contexts. Siblings trying to control one another. I don't think there's probably too many things that we do more in our household than conflict resolution. It's really true. Learning to work things out. To work things through. To not let things go. With any relationship, we have to have that. We've got to get really good at forgiveness. Mercy with one another. This is true for friends, church leaders have to get good at this. Business leaders. It's one of the biggest reasons why people are leaving the church today. It becomes so difficult just to work things through. Paul spends a great deal of ink in the epistles that he writes to the different churches, talking about how to work things through and to maintain a spirit of unity amongst them. So what is it? All three of these things. The game changer is this. The only solution for the flies, the scabs, and the conflict, and we're going to end with this. The answer is the oil. The answer is in the oil. The shepherd anoints the sheep, so he smears this mix of oil and spices over their heads. Shepherds who talk about this, they they say that it's immediate in terms of the results. Instantaneous, the transformation that takes place in them. They begin to feed peacefully again. They begin to have the ability to rest. They're willing to lay down now. Otherwise, they're just standing up, running frantically, just running all over the place, banging their heads. Oil represents the life, the work, and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
the life, the work, and the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the game changer. It's like Seahawks without Russell Wilson are, you know, kind of hopeless. But the Holy Spirit comes in, and Jesus takes His Holy Spirit, and He anoints our head so that we can have the grace to be kind to one another, so that we don't get ourselves into all kinds of toxic things that will damage and hurt us and destroy us, things that are tempting, temptations that we would face. You think that the shepherd only anointed his sheep once? It was continuous. Continual. Over and over and over again. We need to be able to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? This is what Dean's doing here on the front row. That's as simple as it gets right there. When we can't cope with the circumstances that we're facing, whatever we're going through, again, we're not alone when we go through those things. He knows the solution and He is pouring out His Holy Spirit on us no matter where we we need wisdom. We can say, Holy Spirit, I need wisdom. Jesus, I'm annoyed, I'm irritated, I'm I'm whatever. I'm being persecuted, I'm, I'm suffering in this area. I need Your Holy Spirit. Would You come and anoint my head? Would you guys stand uh, with me? We're always going to face these different things, temptations, frustrations. We'll always fight pride. Maybe suicidal thoughts. Because it just seems like the head vein never stops. The irritations, the things that we're going through, that my past is always going to be here overtaking me. Never being able to really distance myself from it. I want to pray for you tonight. If you're facing those things, I'm going to ask... Jesus to anoint you by His Holy Spirit. Jesus, we are all going through various different things. And we're asking initially tonight but that it would be ongoing that You would remind us of the provision that You've given us going through the things that we go through. That we would know we are not alone. That in You We can be victorious. Holy Spirit, You're the one and You're the only one who forms the life and mind of Christ in us, period. Yes, Holy Spirit. You're the hope. You're the answer for every question that we face. Jesus, You conquered sin and death. And it's not going to be any different for us. You're the solution. You're the answer. So Lord, we commend ourselves to You. I commend every single person in Your heart, mind, and soul.
I speak to every tormentor, every tormenting spirit that would come against everyone in here, anyone in here. I believe there's someone in here, when you turn the light off at night, that tormenting spirit begins to speak to you. And I just speak silence to you right now in the name of Jesus. You can no longer torment. That voice is silence in the name of Jesus. You have no power to continue to do that because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You bring me through every valley. I believe there's someone in here as well who is seriously considered suicide. Maybe even right now, considering suicide. Thinking, coming here, maybe just hoping for hope. Jesus is giving you hope tonight. He knows what you're going through. And even He faced a temptation. Not the sin, but the temptation to take His own life. Because of the grief that He was going through. But He is going to bring you through. Put your faith in Jesus. And He will bring you through. Lord, thank You for Your comfort tonight. Thank You for Your comfort that we are able to comfort others as they're going through what they're going through. In the name of Jesus, Amen. 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 Would love to be able to pray for you. If I can pray for you at all, um, we're going to have a prayer team up here, different ones, and uh, we'd love to be able to do that if we can pray for you further.